so interactive today. This is going to be good. Well, it's such an honor and a privilege to be here with you guys. And like Pastor Peter said, I normally preach to the kids, so it's so much fun when you guys interact. So go for it. So yeah, like Pastor Peter said, my name is Stacy. I'm the children's pastor. And to anyone online, maybe we haven't met yet, but I'm just so happy to be speaking here today. Um, later today, we're going to have baby dedication which is so exciting. But how many of you know it's kind of like a peculiar thing, kind of like a weird thing? If you didn't grow up in the church or, or know anything about baby dedication, you might be thinking, why are they smothering oil on those babies' heads? Like, that is weird. Please don't do that. So it's kind of a peculiar thing to dedicate a child to the Lord, to dedicate yourself to the Lord when you get baptized. It can seem a little bit weird. Well, we are in a book study called The Good and Beautiful God. We're in the third book, The Good and Beautiful Community. If you've kept up this far, give yourself a pat on the back. If you haven't, we're still proud of you. We're happy you're here. You're doing a good job. So the first chapter is called The Peculiar Community. And I looked at that chapter title and I thought, Lord Jesus, like, don't ask me to go up there and call people strange and weird. They don't really know me that well. Like, I don't think it's going to go that good. So bear with me a little. The peculiar community. I went and I found some other words that might associate with peculiar. Some of them are remarkable, special, extraordinary, distinctive, probably sometimes a little weird, but that's okay. But I'm here to tell you today that you are part of a peculiar community. And church, that's a good thing. How many know that's a good thing? It's a good thing. Well, I'm about two minutes into my message, and I've already said the word peculiar probably six times. So if you want to have some fun today, we have a peculiarity counter. You can count how many times this pastor Stacy said the word peculiar. And if you get close... Our kids ministry team, our awesome kids ministry team, will give you a candy at the end. <laughs> Fifteen. Well, so far. All right. Well, let's pray together, church. Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for this peculiar community, God. Maybe we don't know why we're thanking you for that yet, but God, help it be revealed in this mes message today that we are peculiar, why it's good, God. Lord, help us to absorb what you are saying to each of us individually, God. Help us to go away a little bit changed. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want to begin being a little bit vulnerable with you guys. So if you're my family or one of the pastors here, just cover your ears. This is a past story. <laughs> so I grew up in a Christian church, and it was the same one from the time that I was born until I was 18. It was the same church. And I had some friends in that church. And in between services, we would go out for lunch together. And it was fun. It was a good time. But I also had some friends outside of the church. Same thing, you know, go over to their houses for lunches. And honestly, I would say there wasn't that big of a difference between my friend groups. The only thing that I would say is a little bit peculiar was that we would pray before we ate lunch. So. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this when you were a kid growing up, but I went over to one of my friend's houses for lunch who, they were not Christians. And I'm probably like 10 years old and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, 
I'm going to have to pray. Like, what do I do? They're going to think I'm so weird. Like, do I pray in my head? Do I pray out loud? What do I do? I'm sweating by the time lunch comes around. Like, this is scary. This is nerve-wracking. And if I'm being honest, I didn't pray most of the time because I didn't want to seem weird. I didn't really want to stand out. And when I got older, into my teenage years, it became a lot less about praying at lunch and a lot more about saying yes or no to parties, yes or no to going out late, yes or no to dating this person or that person. It shifted a little bit, and I didn't really want to seem weird. So then I had this idea, this thought, that Christians aren't really that different. I don't really need to be that different to be a Christian. On Sundays, I can go to church, I can worship, that's a beautiful thing, and then I can just like party on the weekends, it's okay. And I had this false narrative that Christians are no different. At least in my mind, I thought that. So the book talks about this false narrative that Christians are no different. How many of you know that's false? I wonder how many of us have wrestled with that thought. How different do I really need to be? The Good and Beautiful Community talks about some surveys and polls done in the United States. And they were surveys and polls on the differences between Christian living and non-Christian living. And were there even really that many differences? So when it comes to things like what we watch, what books we read, what we do with our evenings and weekends, are we really that different? So I'm going to get y'all to be a little bit interactive. You can do it. If this were kids ministry, I would have you out of your seat and running from one end of the room to the other. But I won't do that to you. I will save you. But I'm going to need you to raise your hand. So get ready. You're going to have to raise your hand. All right. So if you think that these polls and surveys showed a significant difference between what Christians and non-Christians did, what they watched, um, divorce rates, things like that. If you think there was a significant difference, raise your hand. All right. Awesome. If you think there was little to no difference, raise your hand. I can tell you guys read the book. You read the book. Well, that's the truth. There was little to no difference. Think about what you watched on TV this month or the books you read. Do you think there's a big difference between what we did and what the world did? So you see, we can get this idea that Christians are not really that different. We can get this idea, and I mean in a sense, we're not really that different. I think we have some of the same struggles. How many of you have had a struggle of should I or should I not apply for this job? Should I or should I not date this person? Should I or should I not stay out late? We have the same pain. We have the same struggles. I bet that every one of you here today have a story about it, a testimony about where you have struggled in life. We all have. So I think sometimes we can get this idea that we are not really that different. But I want to tell you today, church, that you are. You are peculiar. The truth is Christians are not always different, but we should be. We should be. There's a scripture verse in 1 Peter 2. This is the King James Version, so bear with my old English a little bit. But there's a word I really want to capture here. It says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar 
people. A what? Peculiar people. You're peculiar. The same passage in the message says this, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work, to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. So how many of you know that's a good thing to be peculiar? So we are actually chosen by God to be different, different from the ordinary, different from the common, and that's incredible. But how are we supposed to be different? Where are we supposed to be different? This is such a passion point for me because I know this can be a struggle for all of us. I think that I can struggle with it sometimes too. We are such a diverse group of people with diverse things that the Spirit calls us into, and sometimes we can find ourselves comparing our thoughts to our friends or the people around us. How many of you have ever had that thought like, whoa, I'm way good. Buddy over there, that's the real sinner. Like, I don't really got to worry. That guy, he needs some help. Or maybe you had this thought, dang, I need to step it up because I am not quite cutting it. There are some thoughts that we can have. We can compare ourselves. There was a time, I was about 14 or 15, and I went to a homeschool conference, and I look around, and I'm making friends, and there's so many girls wearing jean skirts and long dresses, and I look down, and I'm like, I am wearing pants. I am so unholy. I, are you kidding me right now? Like, I've got pants on. And I thought that, that this meant something so significant. I went home and I begged my mom to take me to Value Village. I got rid of almost all of my pants and I went and bought some skirts, some jean skirts. Now, that lasted about a week <laughs> before that ship sailed. But are you connecting to what I'm saying? That there is a call in us to be peculiar and be set apart. There is, and I mean for some people, wearing those skirts, that is an incredible act of worship. That's beautiful. For me, 14 years old, it was not. Did not work out for me. But how are we supposed to be peculiar? What are we supposed to do? Is it wearing jean skirts? I don't really think so. So I found some scriptures that might help us out on what it means to be peculiar. Where are we supposed to be peculiar as Christians? In James 1, it says, don't get angry. Be slow to anger. In Proverbs 25, it says, when there's someone that you don't really get along with, you have to love them anyways. How many of you know that's a little peculiar? Sometimes we don't really want to love people that we don't get along with. In Romans 12, it says, don't take revenge. It's the Lord's. You don't need to take it. But how many of you have had those thoughts, you know, I don't know, think of an example, I'm sure you guys have one, where you wanted to take revenge. Proverbs 29 says, don't vent your anger. You have to be wise and quiet to listen. How many of you know that's hard when your spouse or your best friend or your child is really testing you this week? And you can't vent your anger, you need to be quiet in your response. How many of you know that's peculiar, guys? What about to put others above yourself? Philippians says, don't be selfish. How many of you know that this world can be a little bit selfish? A little bit. 
there's a world mindset that says, it should be me first, I need to take care of myself, this is about me. So it's peculiar to have this thought that you shouldn't be selfish. It's peculiar. Here's a really peculiar one. This is from the message in Matthew 5. It says, here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues you for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. How many of you can look at that and say, that's peculiar? Other versions say, if someone asks you to go one mile with them, go two miles with them. That's peculiar, guys. Listen, when we are steeped in the kingdom, the way we live our life begins to change. The way we treat our neighbors, our friends, it begins to be a little peculiar, but that's good. One of my really good friends decided to take a journey with Christ this year. And um, at the start of the year, she says, Stacy, I'm, I'm giving it to Jesus this year. Anything that he wants to do with my life, I'm going to say yes, and he has one year to change my life. That was in January this year. And I say, okay, cool, I'm on board, this sounds like a good idea. And then a little while later, later I ask her how it's going, and she says, you know what, I decided to give up having a glass of wine at the end of the night. And for me, maybe, I, like I thought a little bit, okay, sure. I don't think it's that strange. Jesus had wine with his buddies. It's okay, you know. But the spirit was saying, you are trying to find your rest in a glass of wine instead of in me. So something needs to change. So she did. She stopped drinking a glass of wine at the end of the night. So a little while later, I asked her how it's going. How has this journey been going for you? And she says, you know what? This has been hard. I have been really, really tempted to have that glass of wine, but I haven't. And I'm like, okay, good job. This is going great for you. A little while later, I ask her again, how's it going? You stopped drinking a glass of wine. How's your journey with Christ going this year? And she said, you know what? My husband decided to stop drinking. And it started to change her marriage and her family and her children by the way she said yes to the Lord even though it looked peculiar, even though it looked weird to the rest of the world, you know, the world would say, listen, you had a long, hard day. You deserve that glass of wine. Have it. And I'm not here to convict you about drinking wine. <laughs> I'm not. Jesus drank wine. But maybe there's some things in your life that you need to stop or to start. And they might be peculiar. Well, there are some reasons that we're peculiar. I have three thoughts. Why should we be peculiar? What does that mean? The first thought is that we have a peculiar God. And because God wants the best for you and me and for the sake of the world, these are all reasons we need to be peculiar. Guys, we have a peculiar God. He'll forgive me for saying that. He will. The God we love and serve is so extraordinarily different from other deities of this world. I remember an illustration sermon from Pastor Greg a few years ago. So I pretty much just put this in there so he knows that I pay attention to his messages. And he put this slide up on religion 
versus Christianity. Christianity is the only religion in the world. Our slide guys are a little behind, but they'll catch up. There it is. Religion of the world versus Christianity. Christianity is the only religion where God came down to save his people. Do you know that you don't have to do anything to reach God? He's here, right here, right now, with you. Well, the other religions of the world, you might have to sacrifice, you might have to give up time, you might have to give up money. You have to try so hard to reach that God. How many of you know that's a peculiar God? He came down for you. The God that Jesus reveals through his life on earth is peculiar. And Jesus is so awesome, guys. How many of you know Jesus is awesome? (laughs) He did some very outrageous things in his life. He ran away from home when he was young. I see some kids here today. This is not, this is, doesn't mean you should run away from home. Stay at home. <laughs> but Jesus ran away from home, and his parents are looking for him. They're going, where are you? And they find him, and Jesus is like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm supposed to be here. Peculiar, you guys. He forgave a woman he was supposed to condemn. Everybody said, she has made a mistake, she has sinned, condemn her. And he said, no, I forgive her. That was peculiar. Jesus washing the disciples' feet, first of all, gross. Second of all, this is Jesus. He is washing someone's feet. How many of you know that's peculiar? Peculiar back then, even now. If someone took off my shoe and washed my foot, I'd be like, no, thank you. It's peculiar. He ate with tax collectors. He loved children. He loved them. He kept women in his inner circle, which back then was strange. It was odd. So I'm sure that Jesus shocked people all the time. I think Jesus was very peculiar. There's this scripture verse. I wanted to tell you guys today. Because God is so peculiar that he chooses you. Don't be insulted. Be excited. This is exciting that he chooses you. In 1 Corinthians NLT version, it says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world. Things counted as nothing at all. And he used them to bring nothing what the world considers important. What I'm saying is that it never mattered to God where you were at in life. Or where you are right now. God calls you his and he calls you loved. God is peculiar. So there's this peculiar God, and the reason we're a little bit peculiar is because we imitate him. We want to imitate God. The second reason we're peculiar is because God wants the best for you. I know sometimes it's so hard to believe he wants the best for you. Let me paint you a picture here. Let's say you're driving in your vehicle. It is a beautiful summer morning. The windows are down. Your jams are jamming. It's a really great day. You're having a good time. And all of a sudden, the person in front of you cuts you off, slams on their brakes, 
pause. What's your reaction? <laughs> Not good. Maybe you raised a special little finger, said some words. Let's just assume that you're angry. I want you to think for a moment, whose life is that affecting? You're alone in your car. You're getting angry. The person in front of you is having the best day. It's a summer day, windows are down, jams are jamming. He's having a great time. It's affecting you. Jesus sometimes calls us into this peculiarity because he wants what's best for you. That's beautiful. The third reason that we are sometimes called to be peculiar is for the sake of our world. It's for the sake of our world. Church, when we are living peculiar, when we are set apart, when we are different, it does something. It blesses people. And you may have someone look at you and go, wow, they have so much peace. They have so much joy. I want that. Where did they get that from? And you're going to say, oh, that's Jesus. Isn't that incredible? For the sake of our world, if we can learn to let go of our anger in an argument and discuss it with gentleness, that's going to be odd to our world. If I can bake cookies or pray for someone who has parked in my parking spot for the sixth time this week, it's going to be odd. It's going to be peculiar. And it's going to make you stand out. Now, sometimes I hear this thought that, well, I don't want to miss out on life. I don't want to step into all of that because I don't want to miss out. Church, can I tell you that you're not missing out on what the world has? Sometimes hard to believe. I want to tell you a story about this man. He lived in a really tight-knit community. He had lots of friends. They would hang out on weekends, barbecue every weekend. And you're thinking, Pastor Stacy, this sounds like a great life. Like, yes and amen, I want that. Well, this man, he lived in a deserty place. And one day, the Lord came to him. And he said, hey, I need you to gather some wood. We're going to need it. And so this guy says, sure. Uh, I guess I can go grab some wood. The Lord's like, you need a lot. He's like, okay. So he starts spending his time gathering wood, cutting trees, and doing what the Lord asked him to do. And he began to miss out on some evenings with his friends. He began to miss out on some barbecue. That good old pork. I'm a vegetarian, so I don't really care. But he began to miss out on it. And his friends came to him, and they're like, buddy, you're missing out. Come on. Like, we had the best party last night. You're missing out. What are you doing? Why, why are you even gathering wood? Like, this is so strange. So the man continues on. And a little while later, the Lord comes to the man and he says, hey, we're going to make something with this wood. I'm going to need a little bit more of your time. So the man says, okay, Jesus, I'm in. Like, whatever, let's make this. So the man obeys. He stays out later. He works harder. And he starts missing more. Maybe he's missed four barbecues this month. And his friends are starting to think, you're isolating yourself, like, frustrated with you because you're missing out. You're missing me. And the man just, this is hard for him, you guys. He's missing out on some stuff that, where he used to have fun. 
and the Lord comes to him again, and he says, hey, buddy, we're going to need some sheep. The man goes, what? Okay, sheep, sure. And the Lord says, maybe a couple cows. Like, go, go get some. And the man goes, okay, like, I'll get some sheep and some cows. So the next week, all of the man's friends have abandoned him at this point. They felt abandoned. They thought he was crazy. They're literally looking at this guy, and he, there's, like, little sheep crossing the road, and there's some wood, and they're like, he's lost it. He has absolutely lost it. It was peculiar to them. And then it began to rain and rain and rain. Some streets got flooded. Things start to get a little messy. You see, that man was Noah. And the Lord asked him to build an ark. The Lord asked him to gather animals. God wanted to save Noah and his family. God wanted the best for Noah and his family. So while the rest of the community thought he was crazy, the Lord was making a preservation of a generation. Come on, this is so good. Peculiar, but so good. At the start of the sermon, I started to tell you a bit about how I was living my life pretty steeped in the world. And I had this friends group who lived right across the street from me, and we would hang out, we would party on weekends, and... It was a good time. As long as I made it to church on Sunday, you know, my, I just wore sunglasses. Like, I was good. So we partied every weekend. And one night, I remember that we had gotten into a fight. And it wasn't that uncommon. But I got kicked out of their house. And this was, these were people that I loved to spend life with. This was my sort of family. And I had gotten kicked out of their house, and it hurt me in a way that I didn't know would happen. A place where I thought was home was no longer home. A place where I had thought so much of my life was started to feel like a little bit of a death. And I was up all night thinking about how I was living. And I came to the conclusion that that wasn't it. And I decided to do one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I walked over to my friend's house and I knocked on her door. I said, hey, can we talk for a minute? And she said, yeah, sure, come on in. Like, I know we fight, but it's all good. And I said, no, I'm going to stay out here. I need to tell you something. And I remember this pit in my stomach. I remember the tears that were stinging my eyes. And I said, listen, I love you, but I can't be friends with you anymore. I've got to do something else. And I left that day, and a little something in me shattered. And the Lord has started building something else for my life. God wanted something incredible for my life, but the way I was living, that wasn't quite it. And I remember this truth, coming to this realization that I am called to live life with Jesus. The way he wants me to live it. Not the way the world wants me to live it. Because, church, can I tell you that the world offers a lot of pain? But Jesus offers you freedom. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. Listen, church, I want to tell you today that you are called worthy. You are called holy. Holy means to be set apart. You are called set apart. 
You are called into this community. That person sitting next to you, I want you to take a, a minute and look around. This is your family. This is community. Sometimes a little strange. And maybe you're looking around and you're saying, I actually don't know many of these people. This isn't really my community. Can I tell you something? We are peculiar. And we want you here. God wants you here. It doesn't matter where you are or where you've been. Jesus loves you. And you are part of this community too. I don't care if you've only been here once. You've been here your whole life. This is for you. This is a community to do life together with. So can I challenge us to be a little bit peculiar? To stand out, to be encouragers and equippers. Church, we are called to live differently. Did you get that in this message? We are called to live differently. And if I keep living the way the world is living, if I keep steeping myself in what I think is best, how many of you know that I'm going to miss out on some incredible things that God had for my life? If I was Noah and I said no to building that ark, what would have happened? Sure, he would have joined in some, on some barbecues. Noah probably didn't have barbecue, but... He would have joined in on those barbecues. He would have had those fun nights with his friends, but he would have missed out on something that God had for his life. Our peculiar God loves you so much. And if there's nothing else that you can get from this message, please believe that. Maybe you have been a Christian for a long time, a little bit of time, your whole life, and you haven't really believed that yet, that God loves you. Like extraordinarily died for you, God. God gave up his life for you. And he didn't give it up because you're perfect. He didn't give it up because you are fully in love with him. He gave it up because he's fully in love with you. It doesn't matter what you came here today with. It matters what you can leave at the cross today. It matters where we can go from here. Can we start taking one step to being peculiar? Can we start to take one step towards believing that we are loved by a peculiar God who will never stop loving you, and that's peculiar. And if you've heard it six million times that Jesus loves you, can I tell you, it's not a mistake. If you've heard it from so many people and communities, if you're hearing it today, it's because it's true. Church, I don't want you to let go of what God has for your life because the rest of the world says it's strange. Don't let go of what God has for your life. I want to give you the opportunity to say yes. Would you bow your heads with me for a minute? Would you close your eyes? This is between you and Jesus right now. Listen to this call. If you're here today and you're saying, wow, I am a Christian. I come to church. I think I haven't set myself apart yet. And I'm ready to take that step, to set myself a little bit more apart. Would you raise your hand? My hand goes up. If you're here today and your heart is saying, I have never taken that step into this relationship with God. But this God sounds peculiar and I want to take that step. If you're here today and you want to commit your life to Jesus, would you raise your hand with me? Would you say, I'm taking that step? I am in. Church, 
pray this prayer with me for these people that raised their hands? Yes, thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this peculiar community. I recognize that I haven't been on your path. And I am ready to take that step. Would you come into my life? Help me step out of the world and into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, I have one more peculiar thing to do with you today. Communion. How many of you know this can be a little bit peculiar? If you didn't grab a communion cup, you have a minute. Um, you can go grab one. They're at the front. Church, Jesus did the most peculiar thing, and he died for us. While we were still sinners, he died for us. While you're still living your life half in, half out, while you're still living your life not for Jesus, he died for us. For people who turn on him, forget him, we take communion to remember to remember that we are part of this community. Community means common unity. You are part of this community. You are part of this incredible symbol that someone laid down their life for you. In your heart right now, can you thank Jesus for the sacrifice of his blood as we drink this together? And in your heart right now, can you remember the body that was sacrificed for you as we eat this together? We're going to sing this song one more time, guys. For the sake of the world, if you're here today and maybe you have been living in your Christian life, this is for the sake of the world, guys. Let's sing this together. surrender
Church, be blessed today. Thank you so much.